Okay. Alright, everybody. Here we are. Episode 21. Wood, air, and metal. 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 Mezzle. Mezzle. It, it's been a long day. A long weekend. Fun Father's Day and week off and everything else. So now we have. Uh, we're back with our guitars mostly on display. Of course, mine are all in their cases. That side of the electrics that you can't see off camera. Adam Keeler on this side, Tim Mirth on that side. And we're going to piggyback on the ideas that we were kind of going after and debating last time about uh, vinyl and audio quality and everything else that can affect that on recordings because of Apple's, I don't want to say acquisition, but they are totally using the Dolby Atmos format. They, for they all. didn't buy them, did they? I don't think they bought them. I hope not. I mean, no. Well, like a, a partnership or something. Yeah, something. Or it's clearly like, I think it's in Apple's domain that they have that Dolby Atmos. I don't know. I don't want to use the word rights. I haven't looked at it. But right. it's more of the sense of that got released, all that's up. Apple Music now has 24-bit, uh, 192K streaming for all the uh, files if it's available. All lossless. Personally, I think it's fantastic, at least in the lossless level, especially if you got a good set of headphones, which are completely worth investing in. You have no idea what you're missing if you haven't. Um, it really is. I mean, I pulled Tim down the rabbit hole with this. I'm like, oh, you got to try these ones. And then after that, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that I couldn't hear those things. And it just keeps adding up. And yeah. the next thing you know, you're spending. Yeah, there's a difference even between because I've always had like the hundred dollar headphones that were pretty good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you get there's like another tier above that that really starts to get into nicer headphones. Yep. Well, I mean, I got uh, over to the side. You can't really see it. I got my tube headphone amp because I decided to just give it a shot. It was like I bought these. The ones that I'm using now are my uh, Hi-Fi-Mans and the Planet Magnetics, uh, which was like the big – I kept seeing tons of material. Oh, you got to try Planet Magnetic and Planet Magnetic. And I'm like, oh, that barrier of entry is pretty high. But once I bought those uh, Nobles – you know, the in-ears, yeah. which I have right there, uh, that, and heard the difference between my Sennheiser, like my cheaper Sennheiser, I don't remember the model number. Um, those are right here. These are HD518s, which were my daily driver before. So the Sennheiser yeah. HD518s, and then I got the Noble uh, X from uh, Drop, and that was significantly, like, what the hell was I missing? And then I turned Tim on to him and a bunch of other people too, especially since they dropped so much in price. Well, I, I, the Nobles are neat. Well, so I, I had these right, I actually got these right before the Nobles, like a couple months, yeah, which are the Shure 840s, which mm -hmm. these sound actually really similar to the Nobles. Even yeah. Like the soundstage is very similar. Um, but what's nice is, I mean, the Nobles are in here, like, they're pretty soundproof. I did do the, I updated the memory foam things like yeah, you you ended up getting and that, those. Made, that made a nice difference because sometimes you lose the bass on those, which kind of yep. sucked. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just for being an in-ear, you're like, Whoa, I didn't know in-ears could sound this good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, anyway. And then, uh, yeah. So you got your grottos and then and I the grottos, which sound amazing. Yep. I, and one of the guys, I, I read another article, which I'll touch on while we're talking uh just about the dolby and he was like oh yeah so i decided to just grab my iphone and my grottos and yeah, go that right. way and he sure. was like this is man they sound so good yeah yeah they're, well that they're a different kind of listening than the these are kind of like let's say sterile in a sense like they're supposed to be yeah. very like flat and whatnot but the uh the grottos are what i would call fun to listen to 
but mm-hmm. in the, in not in like the bass heavy like beats way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it just sounds so alive, like you're in the room. It just it sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like absolutely, it sounds so good. And I, I know love- that they only get better. Those are like the three hundred dollar ones. Yeah, if you got the like thousand dollar ones, I'm sure they're even better. You know. Yep. Yeah. No, the reason I was pointing to the grottos outside of the fact that you own them is that in that there's other article with, yeah. I, I forget the guy's name, but he's like a world-class producer. It's like, those are his go-to for listening. On, oh, yeah, uh, they're just fun. They sound right. great. It's, this is like the most enjoyable Clearly, listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the same thing with these. It's like, I don't watch TV that much anymore. I'll just throw these on and sit in my comfy chair over there right. and post for a while just listening to the tunes. Of course, that means now I'm almost done with my, a project for my brother, at which point I'm going to update everything so I can get that through uh, my laptop, having the uh, higher res uh, lossless and so on, because it really makes a huge difference, like st- stunning difference in the sound. But anyway, so Apple did all that, and then they have the Dolby Atmos, at which point, um, who is this guy? Let me just quote, uh, like, Lieb- what is this? Yeah, name? so just to uh, summarize... We're talking about Apple right now because they recently did an update to their streaming service to make it so you could do higher quality listens, which is great. Um, because I think aside from Spotify, some of the other players are starting to make, you know, getting more um, of the market share, like the titles and the, what was the other one? I saw Qbits or something like that. And yeah, they, yeah which yeah. I think they're like, yeah, they're all like real high end quality audio it makes you can really hear a difference between like i have yep. a title and we also had spotify for a while and like there's like just no comparison even like yep. the lowest crappiest title version is way better than the best spotify like even if of- even if the spotify will be like this is 24 bit 96k or whatever and the the title one says 8-bit or something <laughs> um, the title one actually sounds way better they just however they do it um, it's just a, it's a better quality file. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure Apple was starting to feel that a little bit. Well, I mean, just like I was saying, it's like I'm looking at title because I'm really getting sick of the quality of the Apple stuff because I noticed a significant drop off. It would be still be an interesting comparison to grab title for a month or something. Yeah, I'll <laughs> give it a shot. I mean, I, there, I always see these deals going on for title for like four bucks for you know a couple of months of the high the high tier streaming for four dollars a month i'll give it a shot just to see if there's any difference um and that's what was tempting me over to them and then i heard the rumors about apple doing it and then they finally did like a couple of weeks after that which is great and um i'm absolutely loving it it's like i'll go for walks at night using my odyssey uh in ears and just listen to it that way you know now that i have an unlimited plan i can stream and lossless because you know your files go from like three to six meg to 150 meg for four minutes Uh you know so so it's really really uh like a hum for me i think we can i guess we can keep rolling so (laughs) so this guy the uh, power of the internet yeah exactly the what's this uh left sets uh yeah Left sets. He's a he's a blogger. Uh, my buddy Neil turned me on to him, uh, and he sent me this huge rundown of like what's going on with Apple and this Dolby Atmos thing, because you know like when all the recordings and he mentions this in his blog post, all the recordings when they went from mono to stereo, you had producers going back in and taking the mono. Yeah, track. Guess, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Can you step back because I 
I wouldn't have known what Dolby Atmos was before reading that article. So okay. can you highlight what it is first, and then we can talk? Oh, yeah. it's a, Well, it's Dolby Atmos slash spatial audio. So basically, it's getting a surround sound sound out of stereo imaging. You know, it, that's my rundown of it. At least because you don't need special headphones. You don't need to have the Apple ones, though the yeah. Apple branded stuff does it automatically, like turns on that feature automatically. Um, I don't have Apple headphones because I refuse to do that. I mean, a lot of things have that like surround sound button. Yeah, this is not that because right. this is in the uh, actual mix itself. And the Apple, one of the things that made me go, this is pretty darn good because when it works, it's freaking amazing. When it doesn't work, it's awful. Like it just weakens the punch considerably, uh, which is something that I noticed when I was listening to it and something that was also in the blog. So they're not blowing smoke when that happens. But anyways, um, so it basically is a re-imaging of the original source material and it creates a, a sonic, a sound stage, but on the mix end and not on the headphone end, I guess if that makes sense. And the, um, so what they're doing is they're going back and they're taking all these original stereo mixes and putting them in the Dolby Atmos, whether or not the artist is involved. So we'll leave yeah, that so they have, a, they have an algorithm that maybe it's just automatic. I don't <laughs> think it's automatic because different guys are doing it in different ways and you can totally oh, hear really? the so, so I'm not sure. There's not like tens of thousands of those things already? Uh, they're they're pumping them out clearly, but I don't but I think. Mean, it, then it must be fairly like push this button. And... To an extent, I think some of it is clearly being done that way, but I think yeah. they're so off tracks or not because to get to the track that Apple does like this thing of uh, they have like a Marvin Gaye uh, what's the name of the track? Um, not sexual healing. Not let's get it on. What the heck? Why? Why don't I just look it up? <laughs> it's like right here on my phone. Uh, what's going on? He's That's been it. listening to it. Oh, yeah. day myself long. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's called the tracks. What's going on? And like, they do a breakdown. They're like, here's the original mono thing, blah, blah, blah. And you can hear that. Like they, they point out the stuff, the typical stuff, you know, you hear it yeah. generally yeah. flat the same signals coming out of both uh, speakers. And so our ear things, you have to use your headphones when you're listening to it to really hear it. And then they go to the stereo and they're like, now you can hear like the drums are over here, the bass is here, you know, the voice is coming through both channels, so on, and stereo mix. And then now it's Dolby's spatial audio. Wait, so there's and, a thing to listen to to show yeah. that? Or they. One track that they go through each thing. So clearly. So where's putting... that at? It's in Apple Music. Oh, yeah, so you it, have to use it, Apple Music. Uh, yeah, and that's available on all phones. It's not just a Apple thing. You can download the app to on a Droid phone or whatever. Um, Anyways, so it goes through all layers of that. It's like, this is mono. Okay, now we're moving the stereo, and you can hear, like, the separation of, yeah. like, the bass on one side and, the, the you know, the, or however he mix it. I don't remember off the top of my head. Because it's only one three-minute track. It's not like, you know, each one gets played through the whole way. It's just a show-off thing. And then they finally do the spatial audio. And that, in that mix, that was just like, whoa. Okay, because you can hear like, oh, the acoustic guitar is here, the electric's over here, bass player is clearly a little bit behind the electric guitar player next to the drummer, and just like it, it and Marvin Gaye's voice is like right in the front, and it's full, and it's lush, and there's separation. It sounds like you're sitting on a stage. It's it's do, awesome. Do you think they had the original tracks to do that one? 
I would hope so. Or they're pulling some incredible tech stuff that I'm not familiar with. Which well, because you were just talking about uh, using the stereo mix, and they're taking yeah, the stereo mix to convert. Sure. So that that sounds like a more like they're thing. the map. Yeah. And are going yeah. from that, which I wouldn't be surprised as that might be the defining thing as to what makes one sound poppingly good and the other ones sound really flat. Is if they're just going from like a, a, a stereo already mixed left and right and running, running it through an algorithm, it's like an auto tune for a spatial audio, yeah. you know, versus having like the surround sound buttons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, <laughs> which never sound good. Nope, not at all. You're surrounding me in fecal matter. That's great. Super. Um, sonically. So the, uh, uh, the, this one, the Marvin Gaye track was absolutely superbly done. Nora Jones, don't know why, same thing. Sounded like you were listening to her in a club, but in a well-mixed club. You know, the sound guy was getting paid enough. Everybody was happy. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. <laughs> so, and then there's like Papa Roach and Linkin Park and Which all no the other. no one liked it to begin with. So it's just Yeah, as bad I'll give you that much. But like, <laughs> the diff like I A-B'd them left, you know, I, I A-B'd it. Like I listened to the Nora Jones and the stereo and Lossless. And I turn on the Dolby Atmos, and there's definitely a, a big difference with it. Um, and it's good, but there's other ones where it was just like you went from the stereo mix to the other one, and all of a sudden the bass just disappeared. The voice got hidden way, way, way in the back. You know, it, it, and it's just, it doesn't sell the platform at all. And disappointingly enough, most of the orchestral stuff that I've listened to uh, has been terrible. Like, I, I'm just like, I was expecting like this huge sounding thing, and it's like, now I'm sitting in the back of, uh, not Severance because Severance sounds good. I'm sitting in EJ Thomas, <laughs> and it's uh, you know it's like well it's getting to me, but it's not that good of a sound, which was thoroughly disappointing. I have yet to listen to that producer that I was mentioning recommended. Uh, what's it like? Um, Albrecht Meyer or Mayer? He's an oboe player. His Mozart yeah. album is done in space audio and i haven't listened to that yet in fact i think i'll go on my walk and listen to that later on but uh it's uh and that's supposed to be like sublime which i would love to hear that because i love orchestra yeah sure so hearing it one of it sounds good and that's the thing it's like it's not a slouch uh or an old recording they're doing Mahler by uh gustav uh, so i guess out of curiosity if you, if you go back to the Marvin Gaye example, <clears throat> did you happen to find like a 24-bit 192? Yeah, that's what it is. Before like, the spatial thing. Yeah, that's what they put it as. Like, it's not just like... What I'm saying is there's a non-spatial version and then there's yeah. a spatial version, Yep. right? Yeah, you can do that. That's a setting in the Apple Music thing. If you turn it on to Dolby Atmos, it'll put it into the Dolby Atmos. And then, okay, and then, oh, not so gonna with better headphones in particular, you can hear the soundstage and you can kind of get a sense of depth, right? That's part yeah. of the brilliance yeah, of the great headphones. So you notice an improvement when it went to the spatial one? Yes, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, man, definitely at least check out that track. If you get like a free like Apple Music, just in the sense of just now at the same time, this is like a Bose ad, you know, where they oh you think it's coming from this big stereo and it's really it's, this small speaker, whatever. Tiny little speaker. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because you know, like most horrible. Apple people use AirPods, which sound horrible. Yes, I completely agree <laughs> with like, that. You know, I like well, so is that the 
And that, but that's exactly like in the app itself that it has it so that if you have AirPods, it'll automatically put everything into Dolby Atmos through them, which is kind of like, why not just have it if you're plugged in, if it works for all headphones, that doesn't, that's annoying as hell. Cause that's like just the Apple and like the, the AirPods. Well, doesn't seem, I mean, so you have to turn it on because if you don't like it, uh, then you don't have to have it on automatically. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Like I, I'd rather it default to not being on than ever default to be on, even with AirPods. Yeah, and that's all stuff that you can control on the in the app. You can set it to automatic, not automatic, always on, always off. You can select it, uh, and that'll make it so that it comes through whichever way that you're you're looking for. And like I said, with the Odysseys, which are the planar magnetic in ears, um, open back. The the Nobles are great, but they're closed back, so I can't like hear anything once i yeah. put those which is awesome for late night listening but um the uh the odysseys are open back so um and they're a plug-in with the dac and the cable so they're already kicking as it is but once you put that dolby atmos on that track on the nora jones on some other stuff you know i was hoping yeah. that it's like oh steve Vai, like no no steve Vai, and you know Granted, we tend to listen to a little bit more of the obscure things, so those aren't necessarily in the track. But some of it is fantastic. The solo instruments don't really do too much with that. Yeah. Like, uh, which I kind of expected because I'm like, you're not going to have space. It's one instrument in front of you. you. The reverberation can give the sense of space in the room. Yeah. Like, you know, David Russell's recording. It's like clearly he's playing in a hall, a very live hall, and they don't have the mics anywhere close to the guitar, which. Yeah. You know, and then you have like Jason Vio's recordings where it, it you can go to the church where he did the recordings in Cleveland and it, it sounds absolutely fantastic. You know, in my sense, I like his recording and mixings a lot better than David Russell's, even though their playing is fantastic, both of them. It's just a matter of how they record the albums. The um, So that says something to it. But in terms of turning on the Dolby Atmos on the solo instrument stuff, which they had like the, you know, 1001 G minor fugue, da, 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 you know, that one. And then, which is cool. It's an amazing piece, but the Dolby Atmos didn't make it sound that much better to me. Like it sounded better just in stereo because honestly, when I think when you're dealing with one instrument, that's what you're hearing at it, just the left and the right. You know, it's like it's different if player A is over here and player B is here and this is over here. And yeah, it, it can sound like you're in a room where you're like, oh, that guitar amp's over there and the bass player's yeah. over there. Yeah. So, and yeah. Uh, like the other thing that it doesn't do is head track, which I don't see what the point would be because that would annoy that crap out of me. Is if I turned my head, I would hear it, the music shift. Oh, before, yeah. Which is like, how is that like? cool and it's like no i want it constant well i think that comes from like the augmented reality stuff right yeah I like get you want to be like what is that oculus rift like you want to go what was that sound over there you know and turn your head and you would hear the now it would change direction now the person would be in front of you instead of to your left or something i can see how that would be kind of cool but annoying at the same time because it all depends on when I'm, it's like my chief thing with virtual reality virtual reality is a hell of a lot of fun for about 30 minutes and then it's like i'm working way too hard to do this stuff you know it's like well, i guess so imagine cool. this though imagine um and we're going way a little bit off topic here but yeah. it's sort of interesting if you could put a performance camera on you know in one of those 360 cameras yeah yep and you had a band surrounding it wouldn't it be sweet in a way and it you it would be it'd have to be subtle because 
It's not like the sound would totally change. But if you could be like, oh, I'm looking at the drummer, and the drummer's just a little bit louder now, and it's sort of in the center, you know, but it's still everywhere, you know, like a drums would be, but, and then you, like, kind of turn to someone else, and that'd be kind of cool to be like, oh, there's the guitar player, and, like, could you, I mean, that'd be awesome. That just, would be cool. Like if you were sitting in the middle of your favorite band and they were just playing well, for you. Before with the surround sound when it first came out, you know, when they had those DVDs of albums. Yeah. That would put it, I mean, it was all super high res and it would use a high. It's uh, funny too. It, which was surround kind of a, sound die? Is it just because I'm, everyone I went to like a minimalist thing where they just want like, I want 500 watts in this little speaker. <laughs> you know, it's just not a speaker. But yeah. And, uh, like, people just want these, like, portable little speaker-looking things that are no bigger than this microphone. Maybe it and, goes, that's part of it right there is the, the portability factor killed the need for surround sound because you can't imitate that out of one unit. You need to have the... And everything switched to sound bars, but, not, the, like, the sound bars have never sounded as good as no, most people's surround sound that they used to have. It's cheap and efficient. I mean, and I don't begrudge that. I use a sound bar in my workout, uh, uh, in my... Yeah, I like, think it's like a more of like a... You're, like, before, there, if you walked into a room with surround sound speakers, it was like, whoa, this is a nice place. <laughs> but now when you walk in, you're like, this place is trashy. <laughs> it's, it's, you're like, it's like a different... Um, the social vision of surround sound changed unless well, it's like built into your walls and it looks exactly. like real fan right if, if it's a really high-end social like that high-end audio is always going to seem like high class or something but um everybody had the like crappy like wires running down their yeah. the yep. wall or whatever and like everyone was like that's cool like it's surround sound of course you would do that mm-hmm. and somehow what's really fascinating about this as i'm totally going off is when the HD TVs came, when 1080p and all that stuff, that's when surround sound died. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would have thought it had been the opposite. Like, that would have been, like, it's time to shine, but it didn't. It's sort of yeah, a weird Even thing. with my, like, my main TV, I don't bother to hook up, like, any external. Like, I've thought about it, but I'm like, I don't really want it that loud, just to be blunt. Well, so we, we have a sound bar under ours, because it just sounds better. But we, I would say it's it's only used... 20% of the time and I'm pretty much the only one that uses it cuz sometimes it just annoys me listening to the TV speaker which isn't that great. Yeah, um, I don't know, subtitles. That's most of my stuff. It's like subtitles. I'll just read it. But you know, like, you know if you're going to watch a movie too, like a real movie like with you know like an action movie and Oh yeah, it's like it's be- like like you don't want it to just be like there's a bomb. Tink. <laughs> like yeah. you want to kind of feel something or you know like it makes it more enjoyable when they're floor shakes or something even though yeah. the soundbar thing we have doesn't really do that but. no i get it well that's why the the theater experience is pretty cool when he goes through an action yeah you know it's like the old simpsons thing when the thx thing comes on yeah. and everybody it starts like, Ooh, <laughs> the, yeah. the battery and the grandpa's like and yes yeah, it's part of the experience but that that sounded cool in your house too and everyone had surround yeah. sound Yep. But now no yep. one has surround sound anymore, so yeah, I would I mean, love to like, put it in my room. I I don't think my wife would let me. <laughs> I uh, I mean, I bought those uh, PlayStation 3D audio headphones that are wireless yeah. for when I play games, and that's pretty cool. That's almost I I will so that say does that, have the like I turn my head and stuff changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 
and that's scary as hell. <laughs> if you're playing a game that's mildly intense, it's like when you hear something behind you, you, like I was sitting there going like, is one of my kids up? Oh, God, it's just, I can't play this game at night. Like, I, I can't do it. You know, I get so, like, scared with it. And you can turn that off so that it's just stereo, which makes it nice. Uh, in that regard, from yeah, that, you know, that's like the the augmented reality stuff too, right? Yeah, the Oculus Rift or whatever, and you can like get lost in that sort of thing. Yep, where yeah. like it's dark, and like I really wouldn't know if somebody was sneaking up on me and gonna stab me or something. Oh, yeah, I played. Uh, my brother has a HTV HTC Vive, and this was a couple of years ago. We were out visiting him, and he had that, and. There's this game called the Brookhaven Experiment where it was basically a zombie shooter. So, but it was, you know, 360 degrees. Right. Basically, standing in this like open field in one of the scenarios and shooting them in every which way. And so, it, it scared the crap out of me. And I like took the thing off, and it took me a second to adjust back to where I like was. Reality, yeah. Yeah, it was like, wow, that was really intense. I'm never going to play that one again, but that was fun, you know, but I don't like getting the scare thing. The Star Wars one, though, was awesome. That that was pretty cool. It was like a small 10-minute demo, you know. Yeah, so all I think I've seen what you're talking – it's like the video one where you, like, fly out of that plane and stuff. Or the space, the plane. The plane <laughs> with Darth Vader. <laughs> no, I think, uh, it's like it happens on Tatooine or whatever, and you're like helping Han out with something, and huh. troopers show up, and R two D two comes down the ramp and shoots a lightsaber at you, and you catch it, and you know sending stuff back. It's like yeah, my ten year old self would love to shoot my forty year old self is loving this. So it's, and I uh, dropped a I dropped a lawnmower man reference the other day at work. I was pretty proud of myself. Very nice. Did anybody catch it or no? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we were talking about augmented realities, and I was like, "Project Lawnmower Man." <laughs> yep, yep, that's a going way. The, the graphics in that were definitely. If you don't know that, then you need to go watch that movie this week and get back to us, mm-hmm. or at least read the book or something. You get to choose. Yes, or the audio book. That'll be out in Dolby Atmos. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that one, but uh, anyways. So yeah, it's um, like all these emerging is right behind you, <laughs> speaking into your ear very creepily. Doesn't have to be much. All he has to do is read it, and you're gonna get scared. <laughs> uh, so uh, at least uh, for Long Long Man was more of like a horror thriller thing, but not like the the. You remember that movie though? Like that was like the coolest thing ever. Oh yeah, yeah it all was the like the highest tech movie ever. Yep. And Which, now was, like, was it laser disc or was it like the mini disc? The like I can't remember. Like or was it, it just the, a DVD like kind of thing? I think it was before DVDs. It was just a VHS and DVDs. No, had no, no, been... no. There was like a disc in that. I'm almost certain. Wait, in the movie? Like, in the movie. In the... Oh, in the movie. I that I don't remember. I, I think it, it was either. You know how like um. So we had CDs, yeah. and for a while, it was like they were tra- – well, before CDs, there was Laserdisc. Which right? we had. So, um, and those were those, like, big, like, record-looking CDs yep. that I would skip, to. like, even if you, like, walked in the room. <laughs> if you're shaking the floor – And no one could afford them, so, like, maybe, you're, like, your school had it or something. You guys no, had one? I got one. He had a – Early on? Early on, man. I remember no taking – the original Star Wars trilogy. We had every single one of them on Laserdisc. Wasn't it on like three disc? Each yeah, movie? you had to flip them halfway through. Yeah, you know, which you know, it was still I, like I don't remember if it was any better quality or not. It was all 480p back then, anyway. So yeah. it's kind of like 
what's the point? On my 25-inch, uh, 700-pound TV, <laughs> it looked great. Yep. Well, it probably did compared to what other yeah, else right. was up. I was still a kid. I was my son's age now, like nine or ten. I, re- I remember they had it at school when I was at school. Like the science people were the only people that had them. Mm-hmm. They probably had to like blow like a ten-year budget to buy one of those. <laughs> yep, and that I mean Insta- that's, instantly be obsolete. <laughs> that's speaking of which to tie this back to the the thing with the Dolby Atmos is like this guy in the article that this Les Sets guy. Um, made a good point. He's like, you know, when the original albums that were all in mono switched to stereo, the only ones that were coming down the pipeline were the ones that were in true stereo. They were recorded. Otherwise, they had engineers just taking the mono tracks and splitting it into a stereo signal uh, or whichever to to redo it. So you have like this hybridization of stuff that the stuff that was built in it sounded great. The stuff that was mimicked in it sounded kind of like meh. And so there was this big transitional period of the tech going from like taking all the older hit albums, because those are the ones that would sell in the new formula formula and remixing them in stereo and putting it out like it's, it's oh, it's stereo. It's yeah. next it well, there's another opportunity to sell something, right? Exactly. Plus, the, you know, it's all the investment costs to get the new systems going. How do you sell the new systems? You got to have something that people are going to attach. Those are the standard things when there's up a great technology. And then I didn't know this, but there was another format that came out after that called Quad that died a very, very quick death because mm. there was competing co- formats for that when it came out. And both of them just didn't get a market share, didn't get the, 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 the thing that killed that is that it wasn't just like one format of quad. If you're stereo, it so was what like- What was quad? I don't know. I didn't- It was uh, a stereo format or it was a- The next step up from stereo, which I'm guessing is like- Four speakers? Four speakers, you know, like front, left, right, back, left, right type of thing. Yeah, and, you, know, you know, I never kn- understood in a way um, was why cars never took advantage of the surround sound thing. Yeah. Uh, it would seem like an easy thing to do, relatively speaking. Maybe there are surround sound car, you know, receivers or whatever. But quadraphonic sound, that's what it is. Sound equivalent to what is now called 4.0 surround sound. Okay. So, four, so four yeah. speakers, front, yep. front, left, back, right, whatever. Yep. That's exactly it. Thank you, Internet. So, <clears throat> so that makes sense. You know, and then 5.1 came out, which is the one with the middle speaker and the, then the two and the two in the back and the sub. Right. That's 5.1. And then 7 clearly has seven speakers or something like that um i don't know and i mean there was 10.2 and then there was just a room that it was a ball of speakers it did, and... it did get bigger for a while remember they used to have what were those cds called you could buy and you probably still can um like the super audio ones yeah that died then it, like it never really better. took off but i always was curious about those well that they went to the 24-bit with the super audio cds which well, but are... i think it was 24-bit 5.1 maybe or 7.1 not sure if it was in the 5.1 thing, but it was just, it was a higher audio bit rate. Well, for, there might, but there was definitely like a surround sound speaker. Yeah, one that you could, was later on. Yeah. That was not the super audio. That okay, was later on. Okay. Like Rays and, or DVDs, you know, like, because I remember a Clapton album, live one was mixed on one of them. And I was reading, or I mean, this is going way back. Yeah, but he was yeah. saying like, it was so cool to hit our piano run, spin around the room. 
like that to me is a cool idea. Like taking that type of thing and making the instruments move in all the spaces so that you're actually mixing the sound in that particular space. Michael Manring on one of his tracks on, uh, I think it's called a firma on uh, the book of flame. He had a track that was mixed in that type of thing where the track was yeah. around the room and it would go like up above and below and behind. Like he had to get, he was like, it was in the liner notes, you know, of the actual CD saying that you should listen to this. Yeah, I, think, I think if you planned it out, you could have, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to do a record like that. The problem is oh. no one could listen to it because no that, one has surround sound. Which <laughs> so. brings us back to the Dolby Atmos thing is that, you, that's what they're kind of looking at going. It's like, it's a great format for everything that is being recorded in it now. But when you're taking old stuff and trying to force it into it, it's very hit and miss. There's thousands of people in studios all over the place that can do the whatever limited Dolby Atmos yeah. they can, trying to get these albums pumped out for the new format because, you know, money, which I don't necessarily begrudge anybody for that. And I like it when it works. But the issue is that when you're trying to rush stuff out like that, the two glaring things are one, it's rushed. So you don't know if it's going to be that good. And two, where's the artist input? You know, it's like, yeah. So the punchline to all this is that Apple is doing this without artist permission. I don't know if it's necessarily permission, but definitely not without input, like, or definitely without input. Like, I don't, I don't, who knows? I'm almost willing to bet money that the artists under their contract, the studios can be like, well, I don't really need your input because you signed this thing. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's maybe it's that, maybe that's the the line is that they have a deal with Sony records and you're on Sony records. And Sony was like, yeah, go ahead (laughs) or whatever. And then you're like, wait, I didn't say you could do this. We're like, sorry, you, we own your stuff for perpetuity and throughout all the universe and we can do whatever we want <laughs> when they come out with super atmos we're gonna do it again and yes, you'll right. be... so you and might that... as well just get used to it yeah. <laughs> so but yeah that's what so he's saying like you get that like all these engineers and doing that and then like when i was talking with uh, neil about it he was like the, the the other thing too is like now to an extent if dolby atmos and this loss of stuff takes over he's like i don't even record in 2492 like or 192 He's like, I'm not right. even that high. So I usually, like, the highest I've gone is 24.96. So now all of a sudden, in order to compete or not to be relevant in one sense with that format to really pull everything out of it, I have to go back or from here on out, I have to record at this higher fidelity, yeah. which isn't too much of a problem, but hard drive space, hard drive speed, yeah. audio processing, all that needs to come up. And, you know, so in one sense, we're seeing, like, that right. giant ahead of the major studios and everybody's going to try and play catch up so you know the money's going to be pouring in for interfaces that can mix and you know dole so the that people can listen on their third or their phones <laughs> their phone I'll, speaker yeah, i'll give you that but at least they got the lossless thing going and the, the files are better yeah quality. for the audio file it's good yeah and i was going to say too that the thing that's funny about the 24-bit 192k is um when I just released my record, when I went through distribution, which was through CD Baby, um, they made me dumb it down to 16-bit, 44K. Like, that's, that's I wasn't allowed to upload anything else. Yeah. yeah. So what I don't know is, because I have higher fidelity than that, which you could get on Bandcamp. Um, which I have. <laughs> but... Uh, 
yeah, it's like, well, how do I even get it to Apple to be, you know, the highest fidelity that I had it at? Yeah, I, that I don't, I, don't even, know. I don't know how to get it to them that way. I, uh, and that might be another thing on CD Baby's end in terms of the bottleneck. Yeah, there's probably like, well, maybe CD Baby's like, oh, you can upload high-res files. It only cost another $300 or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going to take their dime somehow. Which, uh, I guess it depends how much it is. If it was, you know, it, it, I, it's really reasonable, in my opinion, yeah, the no, price. They, yeah, that forever yeah. your album can go out for like 30 bucks and be there forever. Um you know, it's it's hard to complain about that. So if it was sixty dollars or something to to upload the I didn't just didn't see it, that seems probably worthwhile, I think. And I'll yeah. probably look at that in the future. But uh Absolutely. And so this just is to spend more money on a record that you never get paid for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's but at least it will sound good, Adam. Hey, I, that's why I paid for the Bandcamp one is yeah. I didn't want Apple. I mean, outside of supporting you as an artist, I'm also an audiophile, and I don't want some crap audio thing coming through my speakers of my friend's album. You know, I'll, I'll spend the money to get the the better quality coming through. Um, so, and that, I mean, the the underlying thing with all of this is Apple doesn't charge anything else for it. Like, you, all you have to do is click it. It's not an additional fee for them which is nice. You know, I was pretty impressed with that because I totally expected them, at least according to the room. Did you happen to download any files to see the size differences? I haven't downloaded them, but I did notice a difference in terms of load up time. Absolutely. Like before it was like click and go. And this is like click. And it's quick. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like fractions of a second difference, but it definitely takes a little bit longer before it would right. load. If I had lousy reception, but not like MP3.com, where you're like, "All right, tomorrow morning, I'm going to listen to 20 seconds of this song." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This was like uh, the, I first noticed a problem with it when I did the the Chacon on the loot that track that I sent you by that one guy. Yeah. Um, so like that that was the first track that I got in Lossless, and I was going on a walk, and I was leaving my house, so I was on Wi-Fi, and then it switched over to LTE, and it took like it would stop for a second. And then it would regain because I mean that's a 13 minute song, so you know you're talking almost a gig's worth of data in one sense, yeah. at the higher levels. So it uh, yeah, and they write those algorithms now like, you know how they used to always buffer it a lot, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you could see it on YouTube or something, like yeah. it would scroll over. Yep. Now it's like it just gives you just enough that it doesn't yep. like they've pretty much figured out where it generally doesn't give you problems, but then when you do switch to different things it's like oh i wasn't ready for that <laughs> like i should have gave myself three seconds not two seconds yeah yeah like there's no way you could do this i don't think over 3g and play it back in real time i don't think that could yeah. happen that would uh i didn't try it but i was at my in-laws yesterday and my reception sucks there and uh, i couldn't get onto their wi-fi so like my password was outdated or whatever anyways yeah. so i was like trying to play something and it came up with 3g and it just was not going and then, you know, my father-in-law is like, oh, yeah, here's a password. Click. And I'm like, okay, good. Now, whoop, everything's going after that. So it clearly also piggybacks on top of the transfer speeds and everything else. Because otherwise, you couldn't yeah. stream it. You'd have to download it. At which point, you know, I would love it, but I would have nowhere near the same amount of access to albums. Because 64 gig at that rate would, I mean, that's about an album. You've got 64 albums, maybe. Sure. Probably less. Um Especially when you listen to Prague or Symphonic Works, <laughs> it's like one song, sixty-four yeah. gigs. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, 
But I mean, all in all, like, oh, you downloaded the Wagner, the ring. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. Like... You need two phones and they're hooked up to additional storage and an antenna to walk around and listen Dude. to it. <laughs> but the, did you ever uh, watch that video I sent you? Which um, one? Change, the one that they do like the cool cartoon and talk about the different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did yeah. you watch the ring? The the ring cycle one. Oh man, it's great. You have to watch it because because Lord knows the chances of me listening to that and well, I might listen to the whole thing because I do quite appreciate his music. But yeah, uh, um, the the odds of me actually knowing what it was about was pretty slim to none. And except that I watched that video and now I know what it's about. So yeah, now you get what the plot line is, and it kind of makes a little bit. Yeah, it actually helped the whole thing. It By the way, if you're not familiar, Wagner wrote, um, yes, the Wagner, the one that's hated, yeah, who's, yeah. but also um, just an insanely brilliant musician. Quite that fact. Yeah, just... the, the problem is he's like really not a great person. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's not a good person. <laughs> not, like not at all. But maybe like arguably the greatest like master of counterpoint and some other things that maybe ever existed harmonic text rows and everything else yeah like just like if you can get past that other part there's some stuff to appreciate there don't read his letters just listen but uh he wrote a thing called the ring cycle that is five operas yep which is loosely like lord of the rings before lord of the rings yeah it's based off the same mythology and uh yeah and i think it takes like 16 hours or something to so it's almost like watching like an they were saying in that video it's kind of funny like imagine binge watching a season on netflix that's kind of like <laughs> you know like where you just you watch like 16 episodes of something and they're all an hour and 20 minutes long or whatever that's kind of like I'm going to go watch the whole... Cause, see, I guess there's one place in the world that plays it every year. We yeah. should do that. That'd be fun. It's in like... Yeah, it's in Germany. Germany or Austria or somewhere where they yeah. do it for like the whole thing in a row. You know, you get yeah. your like 20 minute break. It's four days. Over oh, four is it four days? days? Did you... They do like... Uh, like a, Two a day or something, like one a day or two. Yeah. So it's like they pace it out so you can handle it, you know. And uh, yeah, and like smart. that that flight of the Valkyrie, the like probably the most popular Wagner piece is in that thing. That that's in there. I think it's like in the. I don't know if that's the most famous because he wrote that, or is because it was used in Bugs Bunny so much. In Apocalypse Now. Yeah, but Bugs Bunny first, and then Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So, same difference. Know, same thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, sorry, I'm yeah. going way off. I remember I I lived in New York City, and they did the Apocalypse Now Redux. You remember that? Yep. <clears throat> and there's this really great theater, um, just this huge movie theater, on like 46th Street or something around there. Um, and it was cool. And there was a, really was like no one there, and it was it was like a place they used to do like movie premieres and stuff, you know. Um, like real movie premieres. So it's just a huge place. It's a pretty cool place to see movies. I, I doubt it's still there. I'm sure it's not. Um, but I remember seeing that in there. And it was like th- three or four hours long, that version. But it was pretty awesome. That's cool. Anyway. Da, 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 da. 
<laughs> wow. So yeah, Wagner. So have you listened to that on Spatial Recording yet? That hasn't. Uh, at least as far as I know, it's not available in Spatial Audio. They're still like slowly. Oh, spatial Audio. Yeah, the Dolby Atmos. It's definitely available in the Lossless, but I don't know about the uh, uh, the um, the Dolby Atmos mix with that just yet. So. It, uh, it's on my list. I mean, I had it before that I was going to listen to through the whole thing and just like first thing in the morning. Driving a, daunting, a daunting not, thing to take on. Yeah. It, but it I, I think too, because it's an opera too. So if you're not used to operas, which most people aren't, even musicians. Yeah. Um, on, and I, I like them, but you have to be in a certain kind of mood for it. Yeah, and absolutely. I say I like them. There's definitely like a particular style that I'm not crazy about. Um, yeah, but, uh, and I, it's really like the early, the probably more of the early stuff I'm not crazy about, but a little bit later when it gets a little more artsy, I guess I like it more. So, mm -hmm. so and plus, you know, the, it being in either German, Italian or French, yeah, you don't know what it's about rare that it's in a, in, in English. <laughs> and, and by that time you're getting into like, you know, the Barbara Seville or, uh, Sweeney Todd. That, that I, I can't believe I confuse those two totally different things. Uh, uh, but anyways, you know, it's like, and then you're getting into like the show tunes and stuff like that, which isn't necessarily bad, but that's kind of what most people are accustomed to. And when you get in the opera thing, it's kind of, but not really. Uh, you have to be kind of in the mood for that style of singing. I think it helps when you go, have you ever gone to an opera, like a real one? No, actually, I haven't. I mean, I've the Cleveland Opera House is awesome. Whatever it's called, I can't remember what it's called. It's great, and uh, it it really makes a difference. Um, you know, it's just just like any live show, like just seeing it in person kind of brings mm -hmm. it to life a little bit more. That and though, though, if you if you've seen like a Broadway musical, <laughs> there there couldn't be like two more polar opposite kind of experiences. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Where like the. Uh, people are so active in musicals and they're like running around and there's explosions and like, it's pretty, especially on Broadway. It's like, it's really the production of it is like seeing a movie. It's unbelievable in real time. It's, it's really something. Um, but where operas, the, actually the sets are really cool. Like a, like a, like a high end opera, but the people like never move. So like if the song starts, they just stay there and sing the song Maybe they take like one step or something, but there's no like interacting, like some, body like language. I've, it's very limited. Yeah, I've seen some uh, videos. They're breaking out of that box because they kind of have to in order to keep the. I the, guess yeah. So yeah, this it's sort of an interesting experience when you're you, you're like I want to read what you know I kind of want to know what's going on, and you can you can't really read the body language. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean that's like the, the Kevin uh, uh, yeah. he the translations for that you know it's like that's where they have a screen up on the back and that i think in that opera house where yeah. they he just does the all the translations of the opera and scrolls through the text oh, that's cool. yeah the, the actually the what's cool about the way that you would think like oh i don't want to see this the tight the subtitle thing that's stupid like that's going to be distracting but it actually the way that they do it there it's like this little scroll thing that it's sort of like see-through and mm. Uh, mm. it just looks good like you can't it's not distracting. It's not like yeah, annoying. You can watch actually, it if you need it, but if you don't, it's not like going to pull you away. Yeah, from and it. It, you know they're singing. So most of the time when people sing, 
the word it's not like a normal speech pattern it's a little bit longer phrases right it's like i love you you know like it's gonna take like a second to say that it's not like i love you so you're not it's not like watching a movie with subtitles when you're like okay like when it gets really busy and like 10 people are talking you're trying to read like 50 lines but also look at the screen like it, it can be a little bit daunting sometimes um but uh in the opera it's like the words just you know just in the nature of singing they don't tend to go as fast so you you can keep up and keep an eye on the thing yeah. it's pretty cool so yeah yeah that's all about dolby it's all about the dolby atmos and uh, <laughs> in summation with it, I think it's when it works, it works incredible. I'm glad that they're doing it. I hope that they take more time with the processing of it. And I'd love to hear newer stuff done in that and really hear what that is. Um, you know, a couple of things that I was thinking of when you were saying that is it's probably easier for their algorithms to do earlier recordings so, like, if you listen to a lot of, like, the 60s recordings when they went to stereo at first, they'd still have, like, the drums on the left, the, like, fully left, mm -hmm. and the guitar on the right, and the bass on the right, or whatever, and the vocal on the left. Nothing in the middle, nothing on both sides. There isn't any weird phasing. They're very, like, panned hard left or right. And I would imagine if you had that, then it would be easier to take that file and do something interesting, like from a distance standpoint, because you can sort of isolate those things a little bit more, but in the sort of modern stereo world where there's like endless phasing things going on, yeah, you know, yeah. everything's like quarter, like one's like sort of here, but it's like a little bit over here. And then like, but it, then it has a reverb that's bouncing back and forth. And like, it starts to get really uh, messy. And I think that's why some of those algorithms don't work very well, like the surround sound algorithm or whatever. Probably. I, I can see what is exactly your point with that. It's like, it's like, it's just fighting so much phasing problems <laughs> that somebody solved to make it work in stereo. But as soon as they went to something else, it's like, well, how are you going to solve that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the other way. Yeah. Know, and then back to, back to the point, it's like, you, you always, it's, like the early adoption of most new technology. It's always going to be kind of like, there's going to be some standouts that show you the exact potential where it's going to go. And that's really exciting. And then there's everybody else trying to jump on the bandwagon and seeing what, you know, just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And so, so I have to say, I am, I'm skeptical because I haven't heard this, that it actually sounds like it's around you more than, I guess I'm, I'm just skeptical. It, give it a shot. Like it, for me, the big thing that happened, through uh what's going on was especially with headphones like how they would do it with headphones is um sketchy on i don't know i i mean it, it's probably some headphone uh, headphone gnome or whatever that's in there and working them that you don't see but you go uh, over there and i'll go yeah. over here and you go over there and i'll go over here and then you're gonna make that sound and not yeah right so <laughs> that free profit we're having the stuff too Anyways, right. so the, the yeah, something like phasing trick, probably. Yeah, um, the um, but I will say that, like, just going through that Marvin Gaye track really helped establish what exactly it's doing because every instrument sounded unto itself, and there wasn't that much bleeding. Like it wasn't, or yeah. if at all, 
like when I heard the acoustic guitar in that track, it was like here. It wasn't like here and then spread out. It was like, nope, right there. The electric guitar is right there. And you could really distinctly tell the difference between the instruments, which was a big, big tell for me. It was like, all right, because in the stereo, you could hear them both going, but they were definitely kind of overlapping. And it wasn't like a phasing thing in terms of like canceling, but it yeah, was just, just like, where they were. Well, here's the thing. They were playing the exact same part, you know? So it was like, yeah, I can kind of hear the two guitars going on, but it's not like I don't hear two guitars. Went to the Dolby Atmos and it's like, boom, nope, that's definitely acoustic. There's an electric guitar that, okay, that's cool. And the way his voice came out, a lot of the ones that sound terrible, the voice disappears. It goes well into the back. Like you don't have like that uh, right, mixed right. presence of those particular things that keep it to the front and, and center. So you lose that, you lose the punchiness of the bass. It just goes poof. You look hmm. what the hell happened, which uh, was really disappointing in some of the tracks. You know, especially with the orchestral stuff. It's like let's hear. And I don't, what did you stick a mute? So have you played with mid sideband mixing stuff yet? Mid sideband. You would know if I said it. So no, um, really not. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a big deal when you're mixing albums, especially with lots of instruments. There's sort of two ways to approach it, which is um, stereo, which I think we all understand what that is. But the mid sideband thing is basically you mix two different, you mix the middle of your sound stage different than the sides. And and why, if you do it the right way, you can actually make your mix sound much wider. Hmm. And, and sort of the way that it works, so you, you process them separately. So like all those plug-in alliance ones, the brainwork stuff, that's like they all have the MS, the mid side band stuff. That's like their that's their big thing um, that they really push. Um, but they're not the only ones. But they're probably the top people doing it, or at least the most well known. Because um, pretty much every one of their plugins, you can set up that way. You can say you actually process the middle different. So anything that's in the center channel so to speak, even in stereo. So like the bass, the kick drum, those kind of things, you mm -hmm. can process that different. You could say, I'm going to cut these higher frequencies out and I'm going to boost the lower frequencies. And then on the sides, the, the really far left and right, I'm going to cut out anything below 150 Hertz. So no bass is going there and I'm going to boost the high end a little bit. And it actually makes it sound wider and hmm. makes you know so there's all these kind of things you can do highly recommend looking into it i mean there's tricks with like with compression there's tricks with eq in particular i mean it's in some ways that's really all there is to mixing but um you, you know you can use those different things differently so you could actually compress the sides different than you compress the mid okay you know and and all these kind of things so if yeah, it's fascinating it's probably not something you would do with a solo instrument, but multiple instruments is something that it's really useful, mm -hmm. um, especially to make your mix sound wider. Yeah. So yeah. the uh, what it made me the reason I'm saying that is, um, I could imagine that that, that it's doing something similar to that. Like basically, you're processing these things in a different way and if you it's almost like they're taking the mid channel and sort of trying to 
segment that out and put it in different locations, right? Like splitting it up. And usually the mid channel on most recordings is the vocals, like the main vocal, you know, um, bass, kick drum, snare drum. Those are sort of like your hallmark cent like center of the mix sort of things. So if you did that, it, I could see where if they cut it in a certain way or whatever, like you could really lose the, that vocal, especially if it was in the center. Oh, okay. I see what but you're again, saying. like if it, if it was the, like the more like the 60s stereo, um, style where like the lead vocal was on the left, which I'm not sure if the Marvin Gaye one was like that or not, but it might've been, um, then it, it wouldn't get lost. Right. So it'd be anything that was sort of like in the center that you might lose. So what would also be interesting to know listening to it is if the kick and the bass and the snare got quieter as well on those mixes. I didn't notice that in the Marvin Gaye at all. I definitely noticed that in some of the other tracks. It was yeah, just so like, the one, the I'm, I'm thinking specifically of the ones you thought that the the vocals disappeared. Did mm -hmm. you also lose the bass, the kick, the snare, the hi hat? Things things that know. are typically in the center. You know, did the they drum, get lost? Yeah. The drums were okay. The kick probably did go down, and I'm just gonna say that because of the bass also going down, like. Yeah. Those are, so that makes sense exactly what you're saying. Yeah, so it's almost uh, like they took the mid-channel and they're doing something funny though, with it. Yeah. You should play... You should, you should at least get an EQ that has mid-sideband, which a lot of them do. You might even have stuff already that hasn't. You just didn't know what that button was. Because it'll actually... Usually it changes... Like sometimes... You know how like you might have like a left and a right yeah. processing? When you press that MS button... The one goes to mid and one goes to sideband, so it's it's different. Hmm. So now it's not left and right; it's the middle channel versus the sides. And so, yeah, just look look in your plugins and then play with it. Like, do something really extreme, like cut all the highs out of the mid or something, you know. And you you can really hear it. Like, all of a sudden the mix goes like, <laughs> it's it's very fascinating. And now it might be it might not sound good. Because you're yeah, too extreme, but you you can kind of play with it and figure out where the line is. And one one yep. of the big tricks is is taking bass out of the sides. Like you don't really need like mm -hmm. low basses on the sides. So just by doing that alone, and you you can't really do that with a stereo mix. You can't really cut it out in a way. So I mean, you you can in a sense by like cutting out. Like say you pan the guitars le hard left and right, or the keyboard left hard left and right you could cut out everything up to 140 um, yeah. hertz or whatever. And then you would lose that a bit on the side. So you can kind of like make the illusion, but this actually makes it way easier. Anyway, it, I'm wondering if they do something like that a little bit. I don't know. I mean, we can probably look it all up and read more about yeah. I mean, in one I just wonder, yeah, how quickly does it descend into like super nerdy algorithm oh, stuff to go in there to, pretty hard pretty quick <laughs> like, all right that uh that being said you know i can see it being the next big thing when it when it hits it sounds freaking amazing when it misses it the stereo sounds way better way better like categorically better than all the other stuff that would be nice if apple was like hey after some reviews we realize you normally have this on spatial, but on this particular case, trust us. <laughs> Just listen <laughs> to the stereo one. And then you'd be like, oh, I want to hear the spatial one now. 
Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we didn't really hype, hype um, go into it too much, but you know, if your record label or whatever said yes, and then you know, then they can just do it and make a bad sounding Dolby Atmos thing. That's that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, that's part of the problem. I mean, it's like, it, that's why the artist input, that's the thing that really irks me. It's like, I think the artist input would be absolutely crucial with that. Because, yeah. I mean, you know yourself, you, you sat there over that mastering aspect. Um, yeah. It's like, you were like on the ball with that, with every little detail. And then it, could you imagine if you did all that work and you set it out that way and then somebody else came in and said, oh, we're going to do this. And like, you had no say with it. I'd be like, the hell you know how do i pay a hacker to go in there and get rid of these things completely yeah. i mean you, know? you kind of do in a way anyway like i said like it's not like spotify and titles sound the same true right? yeah you're absolutely right so on you're that. sort of it does sound different in those than it it did in you know here mm-hmm. and even Bandcamp, like it doesn't sound as good as it as it did you know which um, is weird because it's a digital thing you figure that the replications would be absolutely yeah the but same. they're also like repackaging it you know for instance not like i didn't upload a flac file to um bandcamp they take a wave file and then they create it out of there so there's some kind of conversion hmm. you know um and i don't even think you had the option of doing a flac file i'm pretty sure you don't so it's not like so they do something and then they also make an mp3 out of it so they're doing some kind of processing on it um, and I don't know, whatever that is, it's, it's still a conversion, you know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's uh, that that could be an entirely new subject. <laughs> What's that? Well, that, I mean, that plugin alliance, they actually make an app that I, it's just like too much to get into. But I guess if you really cared, they have an app that is like, you could hear what it sounds like through the Spotify algorithm hear what your mix sounds like through the Apple one, hear what it sounds like through name any streaming service and probably Bandcamp. You could click it and you flip through it and see what your track's going to sound like if anything weird happens. But I was like, that was a level I wasn't willing to go to. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that that would add on a whole nother layer of sitting there for months. So and then tweet. what are you going to do? Like, have to tweak it for this. the Spotify one doesn't sound good. Are you going to go back and like change the mix? Well, that, that was like one of my friends said. He's like, all I care about is if the Spotify sound sounds good. Like, and his own thing when his own, with his own music. He's like, the rest of the stuff, whatever. But, like, most of my... Pl-, like, he looked at it like most of the plays come through Spotify. I care how that one sounds about. Like, yeah, that's... Yeah. The, which <laughs> Even makes though sense. it's funny because he, he gets, like, one play on something else and it's, like, ten plays on Spotify, but whatever. And I think it's more than that on this one. <laughs> I think it's much, much more, especially for this. But um, regardless, the the underlying motif is that, like, you know, that's another factor with it. Not only do you have the conversion aspects, but then you have the artistic aspect of, well, I'm doing really well over here, so I'm going to invest more over here because yeah. that makes sense. So why would I bother to tweak this mix for this service where I'm getting, like, a, a tenth of what I'm getting over here? So... Um, that makes it, and this could also be another ploy by Apple to pull everybody under that particular umbrella because it's like, look what our service does, you know, and 
it's just multifactorial problems and everything else uh, yeah, sure. and whatever. My bottom line is, is just make it sound good. That's it. I want to hear it sounding good. And if you do a terrible job, shame on you and you should be ashamed. <laughs> so whatever. I don't know. But uh, I, I love the possibilities of it. I think, like I said, I probably said it a dozen <laughs> times. When it works, it's friggin' amazing. When it doesn't work, it's horrendously disappointing and hollow. So the go ultimately, I think that we have a good start off with it. And given Apple's market share with that and their ability to deliver this thing at no additional cost, it puts them a little bit ahead of the curve. But now the downstream thing is every home studio, if they're going to do it in Dolby Atmos, needs to upgrade their stuff to be able to get to that level of fidelity, mixing ability, interfaces, and so on. So it's like you're going to be another tech arms race for the next five years. Maybe. To get up to i mean I, this is, i'm this like is i guess i'm still skeptical that it'll take off but i mean it doesn't hurt to have apple in your corner yeah yeah i guess it just depends if people use it or not uh, you know yep and so when i think about the majority of people listening on it best their airpods mm -hmm. you're really talking very niche 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 uh market um, you know, of a thousand people with good headphones. So yeah, well, like, you're going to make them happy, I guess. That seems like a, a lot, lot of effort. To... Yeah. Now they, of... they lost this thing. I, I don't know. I don't know about that one either too. It'd be really interesting to see if you could get stats from all of them, you know, Spotify too. Like, do people leave it at high quality, like the highest quality setting? There's naturally do people never change it so if it's just like normal setting did it just stay there or do people actually downgrade it to a low setting so they can save bandwidth and they just don't care so like where to where do normal people fall on that line what's where's the meat the mean to that do people typically look for the high quality one my guess is people don't ever look for it and it is whatever it defaults to, it just stays there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, clearly I was ju jumping at the gun to get to this particular thing with the Apple. Yeah. And in fact, and like, like most I'm, people are like, wait, they did that. I didn't even know. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say. I was talking with my brother. I'm like, dude, you got to check this out. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, they're, the loss list is out. This is going to be great. You got to, but how do I, well, how do I do it? You know, it's like, I don't think there was enough of an announcement behind the scenes of Apple, like telling you. Well, also, did, did they not have multiple quality versions before? No, it was just like one. Oh, really? Thing. Interesting. Yeah. Because all the stuff we've ever had, it's always had choices, at least three. Even Spotify yeah. has three, yeah. at least three choices. Apple has always been like, what you see is what you get, which was a disappointing aspect, like I said. Yeah. I, I don't think it was poor, but it definitely wasn't... Uh, top of the thing well they are a pretty stupid company <laughs> they can be it's like there's no doubt about it they've, they've, they've definitely had some misses looking at you beats looking at you <laughs> even though the, branding wise they're huge but anybody that's remotely in audio is like what the hell are you doing to your ears with those things so <laughs> they're, they're so um they're so it's just, not itunes anymore because i have my other, I do have an iPhone. No, it's here. not. It's uh, Apple so Music. So how come there's iTunes on my phone here? That's for movies. There it says music. Mine is Apple Music. Like, so how would you? 
see the so little thing in the corner. If I looked box? up Marvin Gaye. Tim, look at me. That thing right there is Apple Music. iTunes is a separate thing. You can buy stuff through it, but it's a different thing. Yeah, because the iTunes store is that. It's the little know. red music note thing? Yeah. And in order to turn on the high-quality stuff, you have to go through the settings. Like, you have to go through the settings, music, pick lossless, and then turn it on or off Dolby Atmos uh, if you oh, want. There's a try it for free. Spatial audio with Dolby Atmos. There it is. Hmm. I'm not going to try it for free. <laughs> well, part okay. of it is I don't have the little adapter for headphones. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that is a crucial thing. But yeah, I mean, my Odyssey is uh, as an Apple cable. So that's there. Hmm. The um, and then the I bought the lightning cable for the um, nobles and then I have an adapter for these. Of course, I won't use that new amp thing that I just got that's yeah. coming. Through. Is that I'll I bought particular for these if I wanted to use them with my phone just to hear it. Uh, rather than through the the other setup, because I think uh, if I'm reading the numbers right, it's got a, more than enough power in that little amp to to push it for these. Because if the, these will play through the Apple for the through the phone, but you'll lose the bass punch a huge amount. Interesting. I'm looking at the title app. There's a 360 reality audio. I don't know what that is. Hmm. And if that's supposed to be competitive or not. Well, that... It's not Dolby, of course. Yeah, let's see. Dolby Atmos competitors? Oh, there it is. I can't type on iPhones. 360 audio title... Sony Spatial Audio Technology. DTSX is the versus Dolby Atmos. DTS. So DTS. I'll try it on my my good phone and see what it's like with any headphones. It sounds like it's the same thing. Interesting. So there's uh, might looks like there's three. It uh, like its rival D Dolby Atmos DTSX is an object-based audio format that can place sound in the more specific locations around the room. Blah blah blah. So it looks like there's a couple of different uh, formats. Interesting. So, anyways, so before we end up staring at our phones for the rest of the podcast, I know, I'm looking. I'm just, it's kind of interesting. Let's do this. Let's have you listen to those things, and we can pick up the discussion for the next episode about what you think were the, the pluses Thrilling or the minuses. Conclusion. Conclusion. You know, to the, the we'll end on a cliffhanger. I was like, I wonder if there's a like a YouTube video or something that shows it too, if they have high enough quality or not.
Oh, well, that that was part of the chief reason I wanted to go to uh, titles. The YouTube video quality, the audio is... Really well, you good. know what I mean? So it'd be kind of neat to, if somebody made a video oh. that was like, check this out. Here's the different algorithms, and you can hear what the 360 audio from Sony sounds like compared to... Ti- or whatever, compared to Dolby Atmos. Dolby Atmos test. Yeah, there's demos for that. Um I guess, yeah, I wonder if they're legit or not, but... Yeah, Adobe Atmos Demo Sound Test, 5.1, 7.1, and 9.1. Building Surround Sound Test, Atmos Trailers for Home Theater. Yeah. Tons of... Yeah, there's definitely... Uh, <coughs> this is apparently not new, because it's... Uh, I mean, the 5.1 is four years old. At least according to the videos that I'm seeing. Yeah, and, yeah so I was just looking at my phone, like title, and I saw the 360 thing, and it, there was a Reddit thing from 2019. Yeah, that was comparing Atmos to the 360 audio one. Yeah, so it looks like it's clearly an audio format that is somewhat new. Definitely has competitors. It probably has a market push right now because Apple's picked it up. I mean, yeah, I mean that and Apple's that and it's so much significantly larger than these other companies, even Spotify. Like yeah, Apple exactly. could be like, that's, that's, "You guys want to buy Spotify tomorrow?" Sure, and then like they wouldn't even notice. Like it wouldn't. Even, they'd be like, "Hey, did did we buy Spotify yesterday? I don't remember." I, I think I had a dream. I don't know. I had a couple of drinks last night. I had a dollar in this pocket, but I don't see it anymore. <laughs> And I have the Spotify, all these people following me from Spotify. This is weird. So, yeah, they could. So it'll be interesting. To, I mean, I I like and I don't like format wars. It's uh, It gets annoying as if you're on the, if you pick the wrong one. But the nice thing is, is this is all streaming. So it's yeah, not, like, it's not a, like you can pick the wrong one. Library of like, you know, I got everything in Dolby Atmos. And then they stop and it's like. Crap! This is all useless. Yeah, what am I gonna do with all this? You can't even yep. play it anywhere. Yeah, but that'll be like just switch it over to the 3D thing. All right, click, and that's all. You know, everything's over on that yeah. form. So we got, and that might drastically change the competitive nature of formats now. If you can get it on everything, I'm still skeptical that it even like maybe there's a few like tracks or albums or whatever that you're like, this was really great. Um. But will most of them be like that? I don't know. Um, now, if you were planning for it, if you, you know, created an album with that in mind, I think that that would be amazing, right? You'd have all kinds of opportunities. Um, and you could probably make it sound great, mm-hmm. especially if you knew kind of how it worked. And if, like, if you had a plugin or something, it was like, here, put everything where you want it to be in the Dolby Atmos thing. You know, and then then you could go that route. But if it's just like after the fact, after you've mixed and mastered it on a stereo track, I, I just have a really hard time believing it will sound very good. Yeah, I agree. So, totally. I I think that's the that's the end all be all right there. Plus artist involvement. Yeah. So that's that. Those are the two big things: make it sound good and make sure the artist is involved. You know, it's like because one of the tracks was like Tom Petty, and I'm like, well, he's dead. This guy's dead. This guy's dead. This guy's dead. It's like clearly they own the rights to the 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 prop intellectual property or whatever, um, and they're just going like, "Well, these are hits, so let's do these to kind of like show off what the thing you know, can do." It would be interesting. We didn't talk about this, but it's sort of on the same line. 
which is, you know, a lot of people have sold their song catalogs this past year. I think Bob Dylan was the most famous one, right? He did, He sold huh? it for like half a billion dollars or something. Damn. And uh, so anyway, it's like, well, whoever bought that probably wants to make some money on it. <laughs> you know, like, was it already signed up for all? You're like, yes, you can put it in 360. And yes, you can put it in this commercials. And yes, you can put it you know, like, that's kind of the anticipation. And like, I don't think there's Bob Dylan songs and commercials and stuff. So there wasn't up to that point. But the anticipation yeah. is it'll start being in movies and commercials yeah. and oh know, yeah they're they're gonna try to make some money off of it because they spent a lot of money on it um half a billion for some it was something like that i can't remember what the number was it was uh, a I lot yeah because he's you know he's still making music at 80 something years old so um he's got a humongous catalog and he's got a, a lot of uh clout to the name duh I mean, he might as well. I, I, I was like, more power to him mm-hmm. because um, that was between 300 and 400 million to Universal. Hmm. Um, and then, like, other people, like Steve, or Neil Young, Stevie Nicks, other people sold theirs too, but no, nothing like his price tag. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Um, you know, he's. He's practically like if Paul McCartney sold his, you know. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not quite that level, but same kind of deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, like, uh, Michael Jackson bought all the rights to the Beatles stuff. And just, right. Uh, Paul, what and you, he got, I, it, I, got it for a deal, right? Yeah, and it, he'd oh, listened yeah. to Paul McCartney's advice. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'd buy the entire catalog. He's like, okay. And he did. He's like, well, not you. It's like, yeah. Don't buy my stuff. What the hell? So, uh, it's funny. Anyways, I think uh, I think we've tapped this su- subject out for the evening <laughs> to an extent. I I'll think. sell my catalog. Go to Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know that uh, that you never know. It, it's all a matter of getting that one thing to come together, that one soundtrack, that whichever you know in your career to be set. My my price is three hundred million. We could talk about two hundred million, but yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. we'll talk. We'll negotiate down to maybe two hundred somewhere in there. We'll hundred million could probably work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks. Right. For- we'll see you. We'll let you know how the listening goes. So. Yeah. Peace. Peace.